it's 11 past 11 minutes past 11 on show 111 of the coffee at 11 show i'm delighted to have you here and thank you for your company delighted in particular to have our very special guest zooming in from england today and that is limerick native jer white jer say a quick hello cheers is with your coffee mug hello i made a special coffee mug uh takeaway coffee with jer on it uh looking forward to the show it's going to be light and breezy and very manifesting <laughs> Wonderful stuff, Jerry. It's lovely to have you here. And come here, all the all the real great guests on the Coffee at Eleven show have their own logoed uh, coffee cups. So well done, you. You've just joined <laughs> the ranks. I love that. Okay, let me just tell you a little bit about Jerry White. Geraldine White, officially business name Jerry White. What does your business do, Jerry? A poet and audio poet. I didn't know there was a difference. So I'm looking forward to picking up that one. Uh, how long established over 30 years, but flourished in the last three years. And I happen to know that to be true because Jerry and I have been connected for around that length of time. How many employees? Just me. And then Jerry goes on to say she was born in West Limerick and she says, I definitely won the ovarian lottery. And for those that would know my work, the ovarian lottery uh, coined by Warren Buffett is sort of important in there. We won't go, go there today, but Jerry says she definitely won the ovarian lottery. Raised in a rambling house meant neighbours called each night and told stories around the fire. Oh my goodness, time's gone past. She sees herself as a spiritual person grounded and connected with life, grateful to be married to the gentlest of men who allows her to do her own thing. Barry, and that's for 20 years. Uh, her poems cover Irish nature, Christianity, beauty and loss. And as such, they align with Irish poets John O'Donoghue and Seamus O'Rourke, published in eight anthologies, eight, my goodness, and audio poems featured monthly in East London Radio. And she encourages, seek the beauty in your surroundings. And then she goes on because the introduction I asked her for was 100 words. She actually finished that by saying in brackets, 99 words. Go you, Jer. Uh, something nobody knows about Jer, she milked a cow before going to school and she hates weddings, but she says that that might be known to family. And then she goes on to say, this is something interesting because we th th there has been a, a, a tendency in the past for us not to get to this question, uh, Jer. So I'm going to just announce it here. I asked uh, uh, what question might, might we consider later in the show? And she says to ask, when is your book coming out? But she answers that mid-September 2021. Wow, you joined the ranks. Wonderful stuff. And what's the name? Newspapers on the floor. Looking forward to that. Chair White, it's a great pleasure. Thank you for joining us here in the cafe and welcome to the Coffee at 11 show. And as I say to all of our guests, we can and we will Google you. There's no escaping, right? Um, however, the problem with Googling you now is we just get to meet Jer now, the presentation of Jer today. What we'd love you to do, if you don't mind, is take us back to County Limerick, to those early years, to little Jer White, please. Was it Jer White back in the day? Maybe it wasn't. So. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> You're a clever man. Good morning. I'm delighted to be on the show. As you know, I've watched so many, so it's really an honour. Thank you very, very much. I was born a long, long time ago. It's like a once upon a time story. And to a, in a grove of trees on a hill in a place called Glosha in West Limerick, looking back onto the Kerry Hills. And there was a thatched cottage there with a lot, a lot of people. And there was a, a grandfather, and there was a mother and a father, and there was a, an aunt and her husband. And there was three first cousins, and there was three children in a small house. And I landed there as a baby. And uh, it, it was, I am the luckiest, they might be lucky, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I really consider I am so, so lucky. And um, 
and my mother and my father loved each other a lot and they were both um, my mother wrote poems and my dad wrote um, actually hadn't written a poem at that point and my grandfather was a storyteller and this house was in the middle of the mountain it hardly had a road to the main road but they still had a rambling house even there and the neighbors would call even there to listen to my grandfather tell stories my grandfather was I, it's fair to say he was illiterate it's not a, a, a secret he couldn't hardly read or write but he could remember every story his father had told him and then repeat them to his children so then that was happy days for six months and then six months after that my dad moved over to a farm over in Glenbone which is closer to Glen and uh, it was on a wet and rainy day on the 25th of April 1959 a very sad day and so he had bought a farm and he moved uh, his wife and four children over and so then we lived in Glenbone and the day he moved or the week after he moved he wrote a poem called I think it was the home I left behind so that was a that was a kind of a first introduction to the idea of writing a poem as a way of getting over a loss or as a way of integrating or processing a change. So that was happy days still in the new home. And my mom was a very happy woman. She sang every day. And then um, at uh, three, when I was three and a half, she kind of didn't sing no more. She sings in another world now. So yeah, still after all these years, it's a bit of a hiccup, but thank you. But it was turned out for good because then uh, the two younger girls, so there's five girls in my family and I'm number four and there's kind of a gap. So there's kind of a three and a two. So then the two were sent back the road to the uncle, to the dad's brother. Uh, but Bit of a tragedy at the time, but it turned but it turned out really good. This turned out to be another rambling house. And um, so my uncle lived in the side of the road, as my aunt would say. <laughs> if you're Irish, you think that's travelers, I'm sure we mightn't be far away from that. But uh, <laughs> um, so in his house, it was a beautiful, it's a beautiful house. Again, I was lucky, and so was my sister's a beautiful house of patterns. And if I was to sum up my life, I would sum it up with two words, patterns and look. And um, so that was a house very much of patterns. And uh, it was a lovely house. You could, I could know to this day what's going to happen in that house. It was a house, um, Monday morning was clothes washing. Friday afternoon was ironing. Saturday evening was washing the children in front of the fire. And um, Wednesday morning was uh, when my uncle went on his red Honda bike down to Glen. And I'm going to pause the story there and going to do my first poem, which is called The Red Honda Bike, if that's okay. Sure, sure, sure. It's just beautiful. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't ask for a more beautiful introduction to the Coffee <laughs> Lemon Show. I mean, you brought us right back and we were all with you there. Uh, mm -hmm. In, in County Limerick and yeah. over in the Kerry Hills. Uh, thank you for that. So yeah. Just before you go on to your poem, if you don't mind, just sorry to hear you, you sort of dropped that bomb shell about your mother stopped singing when you were three and a half. Uh, yeah. And dare I say it, a more beautiful way to describe a passing of a loved one I, 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 I have never heard. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank uh, you. 
But yeah. you've, paint, you've painted this idyllic picture, idyllic yeah. picture, beautiful idyllic picture. Almost, it's like it's like so if somebody could write a movie and create a movie about life in Ireland back in the day. You've just yeah. described it, so it's just lovely. Thank so, you. Well, it's my go-to spot. If I, I just kind of, I, you know, I pick up these good memories, and these are my, my points of um, keeping myself. And we, and we now know why you're happy to say you won the ovarian lottery. So please, delighted that Jerry's going to weave her poetry into today's <laughs> Capital 11 show. So Jerry, over to you, please. Okay. Maybe before I say the poem, I will just harp back. That was in 1962 when my mom decided to sing in the other world. And again, I say we were dead lucky because, you know, you hear. So then we have a, a house with a man and five girls uh, age from nine down to two. So it, you know, you hear you hear tragic stories of stuff around 1962 time and um, children be taken away and all that kind of thing. All it took was for one silly neighbor to say, "There's a man in that house with five girls," you know, and it could have turned a completely different way. So that's why I say I'm completely. We're all completely lucky um, and being guided. Anyway, um, um, the poem, yeah, so then Wednesday morning was um, a pattern day and we have a poem called The Red Honda Bike. This poem I wrote, obviously thinking about my uncle, but it could also relate to anyone on a bike. And it goes like this. Uh, allowed to sit in behind him on his red Honda bike. Now that was great trust and it sure felt like it. A tire on his shoulder and me sitting behind leaving the brave rider catch most of the wind. Lean over a corner, he shouts in my ear. I'm trying to do all the right moves at the rear. We get off the bike, my legs bow-legged and cramped, knees outside ankles, the demeanor of a tramp. Hair tossed to the winds, face red as the sun, pride and love in my heart, burning much brighter than any sun, any sky, any star, any moon, the ride of a lifetime, and his hand holds mine. The end. Thank you. Bula bus, bula bus, ladies and gentlemen. That was just fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, you. you. You have a way with words, but you, you must know <laughs> that by now. So, that was Thank you. So can I continue? Oh, please do. Please do. Ready. So then that was uh, very much a farming um, background and um, I grew up in, you know, in the country, as I say, and that country of itself makes poets because, um, you know, you grow up with names like Glenagrogra, Glosha, Knockadalone, Clown Lahard. I mean, there's poetry already written in the names of the landscape and in the hills. And we're blessed to be have that landscape in Ireland. And the, um, my, the, my uncle Dan, that was Uncle Dan, so his wife's called Sis, just happened. Now, she had a dog and the dog was called Rover. Rover was a very clever dog. He was a sheep dog. And um, yeah, the, I'd like to do another poem about the dog. And uh, this is about Rover. Again, I wrote it about Rover. If you like dogs, it can be about any dog, but it's about a working dog. And so here we go. And this poem is from a dog's viewpoint. So every dog. <laughs> so uh, this is a working dog. 
from a dog's point of view. Good morning, world. My spirits soar. I stretch and open all my pores. Noise and action about the house. I think it's time to fetch my cows. Up the hills I roam with freedom. An easy job. Don't need to see them. I smelt them earlier on the wind. So now I surprise them. With barks, I send them scarping to the barn. Oh, I love my work. Who would not be a working dog? Wild Blue thinks she'll double back. Not on my watch. My feet are fast. I hear her change of mind before her. It took some time for her body to follow. She has no chance. I'm skilled and true. You'll not turn back on me, Wild Blue. She gets it, falls in with the herd. Thoughts are fun. No need for words. Humans shout and scream so much. Really? A waste of effort and throats. We heard your thoughts some time ago. No need to shout which way to go. Just think straight thoughts. Think one at a time. And then we can all get along just fine. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm watching Shelley there uh, just going with that story. And uh, there's a <laughs> lovely, a lovely uh, um, image that you just created that uh, all the dogs want us to do is think in a straight line and they'll, they'll have it sorted from there. Yeah. What was that um, phrase you used? Uh, waste of uh, breath and throats, I think you said? Yeah. You see, uh, dogs don't actually hear words or understand words at all. They, they think in pictures. So, okay. um, yeah, dogs think in pictures. That, and uh, so there's no point trying to teach them words and waving and no, making noise with them. It's like, <laughs> they, got, the they got the idea already. They know what to do. Come here, come here. What was school like for you? Sure. Good question. Um, because I was born so long ago, you won't believe this. I went to national school. It was a two-room school. And we walked there every morning. And... Um, we picked up the neighbours along the way. So by the time we got to school, there was six or eight of us along the road holding hands, walking over the road to school. And uh, it was a two-room school. So I had I was four people in my class. There was two people in one of my sister's classes. I think six might be one of the larger classes. And it was freezing cold, especially in the winter. So we had a big open fire at the top of the room. And um, then we brought in, we were, we were poor. We had, you know, we did, we had basic food. So we brought in a, um, a Nash's lemonade bottle and we'd fill it up with tea and we'd put a, uh, we'd roll a newspaper cork on it to tighten, to make a cork. And then we would line, when we got to school, we'd line up the bottles about six or eight of them each side of this big fireplace and they'd be supposed to be hot by the time lunchtime came. Well, we went out and the boys went out and they got the best of, uh, we call them kippens, but the, the little pieces of wood and they hooshed up this fire. And so the fire was blazing. And so about half 11 in the morning, about this time, you'd, you'd hear bottles just smashing <laughs> and bursting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Nash's lemonade, AKA tea in a bottle uh, all over the place. It was a great diversion from learning. <laughs> I can remember, well, well there's, now, now you've got me thinking, did the boys do that on purpose, though? Oh, yeah. Of course oh, they did. Boys would be boys. <laughs> I, I missed that. I missed that. Wow. So we learned. I, I had a lovely teacher, Mrs. Adams, 
and she had um, golden curls, um, auburn curls. I loved them. And uh, anything Mrs. Adams said, I was going to listen to because I loved her hair. And I asked her, how can I have curly hair? And she said, from eating crusts of bread. And so I grabbed all the crusts of bread from all the sisters. They were never allowed crusts. <laughs> Did it work? And my hair didn't really get curly. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned a lot at school, but we learned even more at home after school because um, my dad wrote plays. And um, he was an amazing man. He didn't drink or smoke. Uh, so he wrote plays. And then we would learn the plays, uh, little sketches, one-act plays. And then he would put them on in local um, villages. Um, so we, we had that kind of learning and just got learning by heart like that. So I learned more from him, really, than from school. And um, just speaking of him, we had a lovely pattern to our day. Again, I'm very hooked on patterns. We said the rosary every single night as a family. And um, there wouldn't be a night, oh, except Sunday night with enough prayer said in the morning. Uh, so, <laughs> so every single night. And, you know, I think that kept us together as well. That comes in later on for some reason as well about that pattern. But, um, yeah, so. It's that. uh it, it, it's 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 quite I, I i went back to my notes here patterns and look they're the two words that you uh that resonate with you and yeah uh, in everything it would appear that you see patterns uh love the fact that you rem remembered your teacher's name i always find that fascinating the cotton 11 so that people go back 14 mm. 50 years or in your case 27 right and they remember <laughs> uh, mrs adams and you loved her for her hair yeah yeah <laughs> and i learned most from her yeah i, I think and the, sorry, education the, from her. the lies we tell our children, like if you eat your crusts, you'll get curly hair. And, you know, wasn't it, wasn't it, we were told if you eat your vegetables, the, the, the girls would be um, ballet dancers and the boys would be wrestlers and all this type of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, fascinating stuff. Um, the fact that you went home and you learned even more at home, you seem to have had such an idyllic, happy childhood. It's apart from obviously the tragic loss of your mother. Yeah. But... Well, I might be looking at it with rose tinted glasses. <laughs> maybe but isn't, isn't it good that you're able to look at it in, in that way and that yeah. they're the memories that surface <clears throat> it was and um, my dad as my dad wrote poems as well and uh, the thing is when he wrote poems he'd actually write some of them in the toilet bowl and <laughs> come back with a new poem and he'd say read that one aloud for me there now and I was only about nine or ten but it was such an honor you know to be asked to read to be the first person to read his poem back and again, he believed that poetry is for audio. Po poems need to be shared through voice. They're not really stuff to be written and packed away in books. So he gave me the confidence in my voice and uh, he would change his poem afterwards a little bit depending on how it sounded by the fact that I read it. So that was fantastic um, honor and you know, upbringing like. And, and, and you know what, it, it, that's quite amazing because at the very start when I was introducing you, I said, you introduced yourself to me as mm -hmm. poet and audio poet. And I said, there's something there that I'm, I'm not quite getting. Mm -hmm. Just nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Just nailed it. Poems are meant to be heard. Now, yeah. of course, when we read a poem, we hear it in our own mind. We hear it in our own heads, in our own voices. Yeah. But to have you read your poems or indeed you, in this case, you read your dad's poems. What a privilege. Yeah. And, the fact, and the fact that he went back and changed it based on, you know, I, I can based imagine on how it sounded. Was he looking yeah. off into the distance, by the way, as he was listening? I'm just curious with that one. Pardon? Was he looking off into the distance as you were reading or was he? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was doing. <laughs> so I think um, as I'm speaking about my dad a lot, if it's okay, I can re I'd like to read another poem about him. Is that okay? Please do, please do, please. All right. Um, so some, this is a kind of a recent poem. So he passed, he making poems in another world as well, uh, since 2011, November. And so a few years ago, I kind of missed him. And the sisters were saying, oh, I, visit, I had a visit from my dad last night. And I was like, I don't, I don't feel that, you know, I'm good for you. But so I thought I'd like to just have a kind of a connection. So I had that thought before going to bed and I woke up the following morning with this poem. And, and I'll just say that as well, that that is a good way for me to write poems. If I am mulling around with a thought and I have it just before I go to bed and I, I kind of say to God or whoever, whoever's up there, I said, have this poem finished for me by morning. And I wake up in the morning and the poem is already done. Very little editing needed. <clears throat> so that might be a good tip for poets. Ask for help. <laughs> um, so this poem is called, oh yeah, it's, um, the imagery is a bit around Mary Magdalene washing Jesus' feet as well. I just, I've always liked that picture. Anyway, this is a poem. Nick, would you will love it? Here we go. <clears throat> the poem is called Washing Feet. F-E-A-T I have. The generation gap was huge. 40 years, the dividing gulf. Four decades of change and growth. And now they both should feel a bond. They felt space more clearly than ties. Sometimes when working together, they tried to converse, to banter, but was hard. In separate worlds, they stayed apart. One night at the end of a grueling day of heat and midges and turning hay, he sat on one of the few supporting seats and surprisingly asked, would you wash my feet? Surprised at this, she surely felt which looking to his eyes did melt. Flustered by this strange request, she got basin, towel, and did her best. Still wondering if she'd heard right or not, she mixed the waters, cold and hot, got a towel, soap, and placed them on the floor beside the basin. He was calm, tired, his feet were bare. She placed them in the basin with extra care. She'd never seen his feet before, though living together for a decade or more. Those feet were heavy. Look at those veins and the precious blood which they contained. She daren't look up, just go with the motion. There's plenty to do with her towels and basin. She gently followed the line of his bone. It took her down to toes, not shorn. With every touch, she understood more than language ever could. Each bruise and mark revealed the strife with which this man embraced his life. Her small hand traced another vein. Was this the man from whence she came? How come before she never noticed they shared the same amount of toesies? His second toe curved in divinely. Ooh, she thought, just like mine do. But the size of his foot 12 inches or so, she wonders, is this the size my feet will grow? 
You're taking your time, he says quite kindly. She wiped her foot. She looked up finally. The love they shared as their eyes did meet will keep her forever washing his feet. Time fell away. The bond was real. She was so glad he'd asked. Would you wash my feet? The end. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. <clears throat> I was watching Shelley there after picking something. Yeah, Shelley's just lost it completely. Um, and uh, Shelley has a particularly strong bond, if you don't want me saying so, Shell, with your dad. And uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I presume. Where you, where, yeah. you guys always made me cry every Friday, so yeah. I have to come Pay back. Payback. I love it. Well done, Jer. Well done, Jer. You came in well prepared. <laughs> Big softies. Jer, that was, that was truly beautiful. Thank you. I do like that one, yeah. Truly beautiful. It was because as we grew up, he was, there was a 40 year gap and, you know, we worked together, but, you know, a distance happens and you don't know what to talk about at times. Yeah, wow. So um, that moment was uh, was nice. And I kind of, I like the picture of Mary Magdalene and Jesus as well. And, you know, it just kind of. It's lovely. It's lovely. You, you've, got, you've got a strong faith, don't you? Yeah. 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 Does, it, does, it, does it hark back to those days or does it come from elsewhere? Uh, it harks back to those days and the patterns and, um, yeah, just the patterns and what I grew up with and, yeah, something like that. I have, um, but I have a stronger connection with God now. I just feel I have a real communication line with him. Okay, good, good. Glad to hear that. Uh, you, you, you mentioned perhaps by mistake, except there are no mistakes, uh, just before we started the show, about a bump in the road. Are you, are you, are you open to talking about that? Um, I've been very lucky, told you. Um, so there was, um, I just hate, this ties in with I hate weddings. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I've had a just simple enough life, lived, worked in the civil service and, you know, did whatever needed to be done. Um, but then I, I just point out that my friend got married and um, an unbelievable change in life from that. And um if I look at my life, that was like a really deep dive and strange. And um, we were kind of close friends, but um, when she got married, I thought it was she's just getting married, la la la. But women at that time, or I think people change and the relationship changes when women get married. And then it was more with the husband. So I, in the heat of the moment of feeling confused, went off with another boyfriend who from England. I was in Ireland at the time in Limerick and um, he was not the best boyfriend. And um, so things went just a bit nasty on that front. And they would call him narcissistic now. And in a few months, my confidence from her, there was kind of a concatenation of events. She got married. I met with him. He was, well, an asshole, basically, if you want to put another word over that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a perfectly acceptable word here. In fact, it's probably not strong enough, but we'll go with it. And he shattered my confidence till I was nothing. So I walked away from him and I felt like a complete shit. Mm. Um, so um, I was fairly depressed for a year um, hung out in my sister's house and just slept most of the year and then one night it got the cheats threw me out while her husband threw me out and 
then I slept in the car one night and I thought that's it that's as low as it goes now wow so uh I said it's time to pull myself back up so um I uh, just started looking at positive helping books. Louise Hay was good. And then I got advice from a counselor and all that and I pulled myself back up. And then, oh, you're going to like this next part, Tom. And then I found myself in uh, Belvedere Road in Dublin one. And I just deliberately decided, and I joined a creative writing class. And uh, it was a fantastic move. Um, so uh, Jim Fitzgerald, James Fitzgerald was on it, whatever he is, but he was amazing. So we had the creative writing class. I joined a few other things as well. I learned um, aerobics and did aerobics and gym instructor and that kind of thing around that time. I really was building the new me, my way. So uh, the creative writing class was amazing and it got me the confidence to share some of the stuff I had already written and find somebody actually liked it. So then I would write at weekends and then I would be lonely. So on Sunday evenings, I would go down to Bewley's in Westmoreland Street and get a chat with some people in Bewley's. <laughs> no better place. I mean, all you got no. to turn up is and just sit at a table and somebody will talk to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I met some amazing people in Bewley's and had some great conversations. Right. I remember one man I met in uh, Bewley's and uh, he was telling me about all his travels all over the world. And I was... I hadn't traveled much at that time and I was amazed and he had traveled to all sorts of places of Africa and all and I listened to him for some time and then I said what's it like traveling to all those places and he said you know if you don't take your heart with you you may as well stay at home wow and I, that really amazing. resonated with me and it's true you you can go wherever you like but if you're not going there with your heart and soul you may as well just stay in the corner <laughs> And come here, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the, the bump in the road in a moment, if you don't mind. But did you take your heart with you when you went to the UK? How long are you there? Uh, I'm there nine years. Okay. Yeah. So, re- so uh, relatively sh- a short time ago. Relatively short time. Um, no, um, I have my heart with me all the time now. Uh, that was just kind of a change of life. Just Ireland is done. Let's check out England for a little while. I love it. Great. great. Mm-hmm. And, and it would appear it's embracing you and you're embracing it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, um, we recently have a poet, a word lovers um, club going now in England. So it's not just poetry. It's like uh, we meet every month in, uh, well, we did before um, COVID. We meet every month in uh, a pub upstairs and you can just say a paragraph of something you like or something you enjoyed reading or if, if it's poems you made up. And from, we've done that now for the last two and a half, three years. Wonderful. And from people, from there's uh, four people from attending that have become poets. So my my German friend, Hannah, she never wrote a poem in her life. And I think she's on poem about 125 now. Just, wow. Wow. She just got the confidence to write, po- to write, read and write poetry. And another guy never had always wanted to, but we've kind of made three or four poets basically just from attending wow. these uh, word lovers. Evenings. Congratulations. That's that's wonderful. Word lovers. I see somebody put it in the chat there. Shelly put it in the chat. Word lovers. Club. There's a lovely, lovely idea. Uh, yeah. Words, are so, of course, are so powerful. Um, yeah. You, you uh, we, we won't pick at this, but you did sort of skim over the, the bump in the road, uh, but it was very real. I, you know, I was imagining you, as I understood, as your best friend, a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were just your soldier together. And all of a sudden she was she got married and you expected things to remain the same, except she was just now married instead of going out yeah. with your man. Yeah. Um, it changed. Uh, so I, I felt for you in that moment. 
and yeah. I wasn't expecting it would make such a difference, I guess. And then to, to um, hook up with the asshole at the same time, that was, you know, just yeah. too many things happened at the same time. So a double, a double whammy. Um, tough love there by your brother-in-law. Actually, it was it was more it was a four whammy because then I changed. I gave up my work and I moved over to England. So I moved country, changed job, sold my car, uh, lost my girlfriend. Wow! And took on a new boyfriend all at the same time. Uh, uh, there you go. You don't do things by halves, do you? <laughs> no. In with both feet. Um, but <laughs> the, the tough love exhibited by your sister's husband. Um, but it was it sounds a bit rough now to be honest but but do, but do you know what it did it was the spark that kick-started you back into life yeah it was kind of needed yeah yeah you know it, it was um it was what was needed yeah it was the kickstart it was like on the red honda bike you know you had to kickstart that bike to get it going <laughs> Tell me, do, do you have a poem for this this era um i i have newspapers on the floor Go on. actually talk to us yeah was written at that time. Newspapers on the floor is about the Limerick leader. Um, and um, yeah, it, let, let me see. We can, we can see what it's about. So um, it's what I missed, I guess, when I, when I moved away. So uh, this story is about uh, the idea of washing the concrete floor um, uh, washing the concrete floor and the best way to dry a concrete floor is to put newspapers on it and uh, leave it there for an hour or so and you'll have a nice dry floor. So this was with the Limerick leader in mind and uh, it's the newspapers on the floor. The weekend activities have begun. The pot boils on the hob as water and polish are required for all the little jobs. And now the concrete floor is scrubbed and to keep it clean this way we place upon it newspapers we've read from yesterday. But as we place them underneath our feet, we stop and gaze. Should we haven't read these news items now seen before our face? For when these papers are spread about, they seem to contain much lore. Yes, news is more entertaining from the newspapers on the floor. We stand on John B's profile and mash him to the ground. We read of local races with foxes, dogs, and hounds. We see again the week's events. We thought we'd read before, but they're juicier than ever from the newspapers on the floor. We dance upon the local team who beaten us last week. We walk upon their captain now, leave mud upon his cheek. We read again of Hans' great men and laugh now at the score. They don't look half so brave and strong from the newspapers on the floor. From Ryan's rural roundabout, friends' faces can be seen, laughing at our clumsiness in keeping our houses clean. The names of dear ones past and gone are now prayed for o'er and o'er, as their memories come fresh to mind from the newspapers on the floor. As children too, what games we played, as we skipped and chased, or danced upon a face we knew sitting helplessly in place or jumped across that yawning depth which beneath the pages glowered. What fun we had, twas good be dead, on the newspapers on the floor. A wedding dress, once brave and white without a mark or stain, now finds herself a sorry sight as she mops up mud and rain, which will never be put to better use. She now rests inside the door, drying water from strong working boots in the newspapers on the floor. We read of Joe Hogan, a local man, building houses by the score. 
we see notes from faraway places, Ballysteen and Capamore. Local carnivals are running now, marquees and dances galore. Should we live our lives in ignorance without the newspapers on the floor? And if news you're wanting after this, call to a neighbor's house for tea. As you chat about the day's events, go down upon one knee. For she's just after washing too. And as your tea she pours, she finds you're looking not at her, but her newspapers on the floor. And late at night, when all the work's done and our bones are weary and tired, we bundle up those newspapers and toss them to the fire. And how relaxed and warm we feel as the flames glow red and soar along with all our thanksgivings and the newspapers on the floor. The end. Ah, just gorgeous. Just <laughs> gorgeous. Tim Kelly leading the bull of bus there. It's funny, I wrote that and it's about the Limerick paper, but I've read that in England and in and even an American friend of mine, and they can totally relate to uh, it. I, I've no doubt it's it's so real. And you know what, the way you described it, uh, you're absolutely right, because we've all, I think, experienced it. I'd like to think we all have, because uh, mm. it, 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 it's a wonderful thing to do. But I but I was thinking, I, you, we've all seen stories on the newspaper on the floor that we didn't actually see when we had the newspaper in our hands because we were flicking through it. Yes, I, I I laughed I laughed out loud when you were talking about stomping on the team that beat us last week. <laughs> and they, they didn't look half as brave and strong. <laughs> oh, great stuff! Great stuff. We find our own ways of getting our own back. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, come here. Um, so, so so you moved to the UK. You mm. you said there a little while back. You know, job in the civil service. Are you still gainfully employed over there? Or? Um, I've worked in many, many places and um, I gave up the civil service and I worked in Chinese restaurants and Indian restaurants and um, law firms, accountancy firms. Uh, but about two months ago, I gave up the whole thing. I'm a retired. Woo! I'm retired Go <laughs> Hashtag jealous. <laughs> um, fantastic. Uh, I, I, I tell you what, I, I'm tongue in cheek jealous. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard towards retirement um mm. but the other thing that struck me jerry and it came from that comment that i worked in the civil service i did what needed to be done was i think a phrase you used or something like, like that mm. and it struck me that you are one of those people that i admire because you uh you worked to live as opposed mm. to living to work you worked to live you did enough to pay the bills because mm. because your true love your passion lay, lay elsewhere and mm. it seems to have come through in patterns and luck yeah <laughs> you looked out with barry tell us a bit about barry he's not here to defend himself <laughs> is barry here oh he's there barry yeah i don't see him hey, there we are jerry barry come in say hello i don't think he'll come in he will he's no choice hello colin hey. <laughs> good to see you I, i'm terribly sorry i missed that in the in the sea of faces there so it's lovely to meet you Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You have a great person here today, so you have. I can vouch for us. <laughs> she was oh. Miss Sorry last night here in the UK at the Asherwood Lovers meeting. Uh, we we started back again last night after the big long break, and uh, there was a number of us there. Two of Jared's poems were read out by another lady who did a wonderful job, and uh, and everybody missed her. <laughs> So, because she's over in Ireland just right now. 
Okay, yeah, and, and, and I, I didn't know that. I presumed you were still in the UK today. <laughs> Just uh, at the moment, Jerry's in Ireland. <laughs> oh, I love it. Barry, there, there's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful introduction to you and to your relationship. Uh, you know, what did you say? Wonderful woman here, a wonderful person here in the cafe with us. And we know that, but it's lovely to hear that coming from you uh, 20 years on. Yeah, um, Barry does everything for me. He's, he's, he's my rock, my idol. He... Um, feeds me he does the ironing <laughs> i sometimes do the ironing he puts out the rubbish and he just takes total care of me so oh isn't that just lovely, that <laughs> just lovely? congratulations both of you you seem to have found each other's soulmate on this journey and that's a rare thing so congratulations delighted for you both barry lovely to meet you thanks for popping in and saying hello lovely. thank you very much thank you were you here earlier when she introduced you as the gentlest soul on the planet i was racing back from Hayward's Heat to get on the line, so I was. That came out for sure, so it's lovely to meet you, and thank you for thank being Thank you very much. Lovely uh, to and, and, and Jared, the fact that your poems were being read in absen absentia is... Yeah. That's, that, yeah. there, there, there's, there's fame just there, you know. There's <laughs> one that Jared White wrote. I, I want to be like John O'Donoghue, John O'Donoghue at the end, you know, and people quoting, um, people quoting my stuff. <laughs> uh, isn't it lovely? It's, well, it's I love just, one of John O'Donoghue's lines. He says... Um, Beauty, beauty is the illumination of your soul. Isn't that lovely? Wow. John O'Donoghue is all about beauty. Beauty is the illumination of your soul. So I find if we go to, if we keep beauty in our lives and go to beautiful places and, you know, have, I have five or six places that I would just visit in my mind and I have been there as well, um, to just keep the, the light of beauty alive. Um, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. There's a lovely song by Damien Rice, and uh, I think it's called Older Chests. It's a really lovely song, very, very pensive, at least I find it so. Well, there's a wonderful mm -hmm. line in it, and it, it, it talks about uh, uh, books on shelves, and then the, the, the narrator, the, the singer, basically says, read me your favourite line. And I think, yeah. isn't that just a wonderful thing that somebody would actually have a favourite line? Of all the stuff they've read ever, yeah. anywhere, they've got a favourite line. Isn't that just yeah. So uh, that's what you make, make, me, make me think of, Jer. Good. That, you got it. Yeah, that's important. Yes. Just to have little beautiful um, things we can jump into, a beautiful line, beautiful place, stuff like that. Come here. Um, now, I'm sorry, I don't want to rush it, but now, now, that, we're, now that you're officially retired, uh, what's going to happen next? Next, I'm going to, oh, well, I'm launching the book uh, in uh, a book of my own poems, about 65, 60 of my own poems, plus some haiku in the middle of September. And then I want to uh, continue to promote the storytelling idea and just do more uh, groups with um, more word lovers type groups with um, and encourage the young people and the teenagers just to come to those and to find their voice and uh, to do something which interacts with people more than interacting with computer screens and just find their voice because it's only with people that we feel alive really. And I just want to acknowledge you, Colm, uh, at this point as well, because last, last year with the shutdowns and all, uh, and we weren't allowed to see or touch each other. And it got, it got sad. It was ridiculous. And um, I was browsing on the computer and I came across your show. And you guys have managed to create this cafe experience. And it's the best of Zoom on, on the web, that is for sure. And if I was to take a Colm O'Brien franchise or something and just do similar group experiences, because 
you brought it was it just brought the warmth and then all these amazing Irish people you found on I thought Ireland is an amazing place you know you like people had done wild huge business ideas and that and um there's just people are just amazing and and just to encourage the teenagers just to connect and just you know, find their voice, share their voice, and that I think would be nice. And um, I have found it through the pattern of poetry. Uh, but as I say, word lovers, any paragraph at all that just lights your fire, just sing it. <laughs> well, you're singing Princess Shelley's song there. <laughs> sing it. Come here, um, Jared. Uh, thank you for those lovely words. Uh, all I did was start. All I did was, you know, I found myself in, in a bind, to be honest, right, uh, in March yeah. last year, because I, I, I at the time was putting out this recorded piece every Sunday and I was thinking mm -hmm. shoot my, my my inspiration is gone because I was now locked in indoors so I thought mm -hmm. you know what I'll do I'll invite a friend in for a cup of coffee and a chat <laughs> and invite a few other friends in to but I tell you the show has become this is the 111th episode which is unbelievable yeah simply because we started but but here's the, the only reason it got this it became this is because of wonderful people who turned up and were open to having a conversation like this so thank you Jer mm -hmm. uh, but also that lovely team you know, and you, you, you could mm. introduce them a little earlier and, and we will at the very end, we'll, we'll honour them. Uh, but beyond that, this fantastic audience that just rocks mm. up every week uh, yeah. to, to earwig. Yeah. So we're very blessed. We, we do what we can, Jer, and if we do what we can, yeah. the university... Well, I think you coming from a Bewley's background as well, I, I feel I have connected with you earlier. You know, I mightn't have been in the same Bewley shop, but... Um, you know, I, I I look at you and I think Bewley's. Good, good. Well, <laughs> and I, because Bewley's was a lovely, warm part of my life as well, as I say, and I met some some beautiful people and and uh, chats there. So actually, yeah. why don't I just open up a string of coffee shops? You know, where people can come and chat. There you go. Now, you, now you're talking. Yeah, Jer's Jer's Cafe. You know, Jer's Coffee House. Jer's Coffee and Poetry House. Yeah. We'll figure out a word together. Listen, <laughs> um, I, I, I just the, 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 for those that don't know, my, I used to manage Bewley's and Grafton Street back in the early 90s in Dublin, so I was blessed to, to carry that torch for a while. Thus, by the way, the whole thing, my, my link to coffee and all my social media is Coffee with Colin, the Coffee <laughs> at 11 show. It goes back to that. I'm an absolute... Um, uh, uh, I'm probably addicted let's be honest to coffee but it's wonderful come here um jerry we're gonna we're gonna finish with the poem in just a moment uh, not finish we're gonna go to the some people's favorite part of the show apparently the princess shelley piece but who you know who's to say um we're gonna go there in a few moments just before we do and before we, we ask you to segue into the princess shelley piece with a poem which i think is to do with connection if i'm not mistaken yeah um before we do that two quick questions if you don't mind one is uh what have you found in COVID? That you're going to keep and take with you? Um, people. I found talking with people um, and on a, on this Zoom thing like this um, and also just um, just slowing down as well. I mean we were running at um, we were running at an amazing speed you know drop a child off in the morning uh, say goodbye quick bye come back and collect her uh, go and collect her again go home and have dinner it was like it was manic it was time to slow down and find out who we are, what have we to say, what do we want to bring to the world, and let's just connect. Ah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. The succinctness and the beauty all in one. Beautiful, thank you for that. Um, second question then is uh, you come across somebody older than you in your orbit who you realise is actually not coping too well because of what we've been through the last 15, 16 months. Mm. What would your advice be to that person? Uh, probably two things. Um, 
One, I would just say take a walk in nature. Um, I have a lot of poems written on nature I didn't touch on this morning. Take a walk in nature, look around, hug a tree, talk to a tree. And um, if you're near a library, get a book of John O'Donoghue's poems. Um, and they will definitely raise your spirits. I think get a book of Jared White's poems. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, come here, do you know what, it's funny that you say that hug a tree because I have to be honest here, right, I'm going to show myself up as the cad that I am. Had had you uh, said that to me two or three years ago, I said, all right, Jerry, yeah, great. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, but not anymore, not anymore. I've, I've mm. blessed to have been able to slow down. Uh, mm. Wonderful. Jerry, might I invite you to read a poem? You mentioned at the start that you have a poem mm. about connection, if I, if I picked you up correctly. Yeah. And then we go to the Princess Shelley piece and come back to you. Okay. This is about, again, what I was saying about just having favourite places that you can just um, know around the world and um, they help you feel connected. So here we go. <clears throat> Connections. There are various places on this earth where hearts and souls and minds connect in several spots around this globe, we can string a line to folks we've known. One such is Lourdes near the Pyrenees, where races of all kinds go on their knees, where crutches are left and people walk tall, where prayers go straight up, no bending at all. Another I've known is outside of LA, up near the mountains of Sierra Nevada. An Indian burial ground marks out this place, which is saturated in love and joy and grace. And then there is Tara, unique Celtic land with its green rolling hills that Stone Age folk had planned. That church in the corner, hugged close to the soil, will soothe a lost soul who would pause there a while. As life passes onwards, I notice some more. And recently by the sea on this subject, I scored found that connection beneath twinkling stars, a meeting of universes just where we were. Surreal was that moment, embracing two worlds. Those gone before us smiled where we stood. The stars in the heaven paused just a while. Life here and life yonder were two lips of one smile. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Marion Shanley there at the Bula Bus and Love Hearts lighting up the cafe here. It's just gorgeous. Thanks, so. Yeah, that was truly beautiful. And thank you so much for being here this morning. And uh, Barry, uh, thank you for joining us here. And of course, all your friends who've joined us from all over. It's lovely to have you here. Welcome to the cafe. Um, I'm going to pass to Princess Shelley to find out what's going on in the in the cafe while you and I were having the chat here. Thanks, Shell. Thank you, Colm. And indeed, thank you so much, Jar. You know, you've taught me something today as I'm level heading for level 44 and I didn't know I was a fan of poetry because anytime I've read it I always felt like I didn't do it justice I didn't read it in the vein that the author would have meant and it didn't land right but to have experienced the pleasure and the honour of hearing you deliver your poems today each and every single one of them have made me swell up 
And I mean, even that one about the washing of the feet, I lost it. It's a good job we weren't going straight into the Princess Shelley part then because I'd have had to say, no, 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 give me a minute because you read it so beautifully. So it turns out in future, if I'm ever asked if I'm a fan of poetry, I will say, depends how it's presented in book form, not so much, but in audio form, I am a big fan. And that is thanks to today, dear. So thank you. So I feel like you gave me a gift. Thank you so, so much. Really, really great. You've, you've transform transformational. Sure. Oh <laughs> thank you thank so. you thank you princess shelley that is wonderful thank you no thank you it's all, all yours um we kicked off the comments in the cafe this morning it was lovely it was a bit like it reminded me of new year actually do you know when we do the countdown for new year here we are you know season four but it's episode 111 11 of this series series four uh, coffee at 11 show and 11 11 so you know we had everybody marion and james and everybody was popping in you know 1108 1109 1110 and we got to 1111 and kicked off the show which is just beautiful synchronicity um love that Eamon kicked us off with with a lovely passage there. I think it was from spillwords.com. And I won't read all of it because it's quite a long passage, but I was scanning through it there. And um, Peg Prendeville, poet of the Purple Pencil, she- Can I introduce you? That's actually about Ger. That's not my- Yes, I know it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's about Ger. But, yeah, yeah. but um, Peg said, poems by Ger have the ability to lift the soul and bring it to a place of peace and calm. So that lovely comment there. Thank you for popping that in, Eamon. It's celebrating your the wonderful work that you've done, Jer. So do take a lovely look at that. Um, Eamon is gifted at finding these all these great content that celebrates you and the work that you've done. Um, so as I come towards the end of that, that that particular comment just struck out to me that you've the ability to lift the soul. Um, and that was Peg that popped that um, into that that article that, that that Eamon has shared there. Eamon also shared that red Honda bike, that lovely that first poem you shared with us today. I'm so glad we got to experience so many of them, Ger, you know, um, such a broad range. Really, really, really beautiful. Sarah Ward, who is one of our most regulars here, she helps Colm each morning pull up the shutters of the cafe. And she particularly loved that red Honda one. Um, towards the end of the poem, you said your hand slipped in his. I just felt warmth. It's like I'd just taken a drink of a really warm beverage. It was just lovely. Um, so thank you so much for that. Marion popped in. Marion Shanley, it's lovely to have you here. Marion popped in a love heart for that as well. Um, and then you shared the one about the dog, Jer. And I have a little dog, Alfie, at home, a little white shih tzu. And just the way, again, it's all about the audio, isn't it? Because you shared that in a way that I wouldn't have read it. And it was just so real. And I imagine my little devil at home. And, and even Tim Kelly popped in. He said, the synchronicity, a dog just came into the cafe as you were reading it. So that is just, there you were. It's like the dog recognized. I know we said in it that they don't consider concern themselves with words but this dog came in recognizing your intent you know i just thought wow that was fabulous marion loved how you said bark as well on that so um and it was after that it was after you'd shared those two poems jared that you had said about poetry needs in your opinion needs to be shared by voice and that was when the epiphany happened for me i was like that's why I love it like this. It's just I've never had an appetite for it in book form, you know. Mm. Um, so you taught us that today, both by sharing it and it was after you'd done the two poems. And James appreciate that as well. That's why it resonated with him. Um, so then we had James said that. And I th again, this was I was busy wiping the tears at this part, Ger. 
he said, um, I know Jer thought it was a privilege to be the first to read her dad's poem, but he's certain that her dad loved that the first person to share his poem by voice was his little girl. So uh, isn't that lovely, Jer? Beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to cry again, guys. <laughs> so Diana said that was so, so beautiful. That was the poem about your dad um, and the, the washing of the feet and that. Um, I just loved how it was peppered with, it was so poignant, but it was peppered with the shape of the toe and he's got the same number of toes as me. It was, it was just the right balance of being deeply, deeply moving and poignant, but also those little thoughts that kind of creep into your mind, like, you know, those little funny ones. You just encapsulated it so beautiful. Brenda McQuaid is in the cafe today. It's lovely to have you here, Brenda. Um, Brenda said that it reminded her of washing her mom's feet. Tears achieved. So you had her crying in the gallery as well there, Cher, um, which I thought was really nice. Then we moved on to um, the relationship, which didn't serve your confidence, shall we say. Um, and Brenda, again, said, tell it like it is, Cher. So, um, so she, loves, she, she loved the language, that, the vernacular that you adopted around that. Then we moved on to the Word Lovers Club. Baz said you were missed last night. I asked him, did he want to come in? And he said, um, no, 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 I don't know what to say on air. And then Colm said, yeah, come in anyway. I was like, that's why you're such a wonderful host, you know? Here's me, tippy-toeing, would you like to come in? Would you like to say something? And Colm's like, no, come in, come on, unmute, in you go. <laughs> so, um, so great that we heard from you, Baz. I'm glad that you were poked poked to do that there. Um, Eamon Smith, our carry guru then, Jer, he said, he loved what you said about the heart. He can absolutely relate to your car experience. It was a total turning point for him too when you said you slept in the car, you know. He said, the longest journey you'll ever take is the 18 inches from your head to your heart. That's an Andrew Bennett quote. I love that, Eamon. I'm going to take that away with me today. I hadn't heard that one before. So I really, really love that. Really great. Um, Joanne said she loved that quote as well. Joanne Callahan, she's in the in the cafe. Previous guest, her show went out just a couple of weeks ago. Um, great. To, love when, when previous guests return as well. It's great to have you here, Joanne. Um, so then Brenda said, thanks everyone. Um, she's loved hearing all the poems today. And um, James said as well, James, uh, one of our favorite granddads in the Kerry kingdom, he said um, that Baz is making all the other men look bad, all this great ironing and feeding and everything. So uh, <laughs> they need to up the game a small bit. So, um, so yeah, let me just, I'm just scrolling down here. James said, any paragraph that lights your fire, just sing it. That's what you said, Jer. So he was just um, repeating that. And like you say, I can see nodding there going on in the cafe. Eamon has done a wonderful job once again. He always does all these brilliant links where we can find your work. Um, so we've got here, like we've got the lulu.com and Clarendon House Books, your anthology and spill, all this great content that we can access to learn even more about the wonderful Jer White that's joining us in the cafe today. James liked the idea of your cafe and poetry house, home to the Word Lovers Club. Sounds like a winner to me. Um, so uh, I'd agree. I'd, I'd hunt that place out, James, as well. Really, really hunt that. That sounds fantastic. Joanne then said that she loves what you said about beauty illuminating the heart. It's the key to dissolving the busyness, opening up our creativity and connection to nature. Beautiful. Isn't that lovely, Jer? Beautiful. Hmm. 
So then just to finish up, Donald said, and I was hoping because when I started off the comments, I was like, oh, Donald hasn't, I love sharing Donald's comments as well. He's always got something so wise to say. No pressure, Donald. Um, I'm waiting for your comments to come in. He said he relates so much that you'd milked cows before starting school, kippings, midges and hay. I landed there as a baby. That sentence stood out to me as well, Donald. I landed, it was, it was almost the imagery of the stork. That's where you, that's where it dropped you, you know. I landed there as a baby, sing in another world. Which is what you'd said about your mom um, and paper corks. So uh, yeah, really beautiful. I'm, I love that you did that, Donald, because you're 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 telling us the little bits that stood out to you, and I, and I share it with you. It's just so rich to be here and to listen in like this. Marion has a question for you. I'll invite you to unmute, Marion. You're going to ask Jar a question direct. Um, Jar, this is Marion. Okay. Hi, Marion. Hi, Jar. First, I want to say absolutely, absolutely love what you do and I love your life energy and I think first thing have you got all these poems on audio file or in an audio book uh, no not all I have some on audio and um, on East London radio each month I am a part of his kind of team and I do audio on on that but I will be doing more audio Great. Well, if you need a hand, that's what I do. I'd love to help you pull an audiobook together so you can connect with me. Wonderful. And, um, I think it would be a blessing and a gift to the world. Definitely. I'll get with you on that. That's fantastic. Thank Great. you. <laughs> the magic of the Coffee at 11 show. Thank you, Marion. Marion popped that question and I said, would she like to come in? Of course, Marion is the hostess at the Mostess on a wonderful Power Dream show on Dublin Radio. So uh, I think we're looking forward to popping up there soon on location for the Coffee at 11 show. Very excited to do that. Thanks for popping in with your question, Marion. It's always lovely to hear somebody else ask a question to our guest direct. So um, thank you very much for that. And it is that time now. Thank you so much for all your comments, your questions, your engagement in the cafe. It, what, it's what makes it the place that we are today. Um, a beautiful place to be um, just after 11 o'clock on a Friday. So thank you so much for that. And it's back over to our host, Colm. It's back to you. <laughs> Ah, uh, thanks, Shell. Jer uh, and guests, of course, guests of Jer. Can you see why that, that is uh, many people's favorite part of the show? Um, yeah. And, can I just say one thing? One, only one thing. Just with the, with Eamon. Thank you, Eamon, for your work. And um, just with the 11, 11, 11, I quickly glanced at the 11 thing last night. I think it's also about um, coming into your own um, self as well. And I feel I'm just kind of being born again. Yeah, I just feel I'm actually just starting off again on this. Um, yeah, so it's a perfect, um, perfect numbers lineup. Well, well, do, do you know what? It's funny that you, this conversation is happening at all because mm -hmm. uh, uh, young Ms. Shanley and myself had a conversation last night about just you know the universe throwing us all together, this lovely disparate group of people, and and uh, to see what can be created. And she th had this throwaway comment. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Marion, uh, in our conversation yesterday. She said, I've, I've set a goal to have that done in 11 days. And I said, OK, <laughs> I can't ignore that. But I thought, you know, you can't, if you told me a week or two weeks, fine, I'd have skimmed past it. But you can't tell me you've set a goal to do something in 11 days. So I, I questioned her and she told, explained the reason why. Turns out 11 is uh, a number that's her favourite number and all the rest of it. And so I couldn't, I think it was last night, I sent you a message late last night, Marion, to say, I've just realised tomorrow's show, 111, the 
coffee at 11 show and I made a decision there and then that we wouldn't start today's show until 11 11 so uh, and so all of that has happened Marion's here you're here Jer you want to get an audio book put together and Marion is saying here I am I'm the door to your audiobook so it's just wonderful happy days I'm going to invite people to unmute and say hello I see Diana in the room Diana pop in and tell us who you are what's your <clears throat> connection Hi, everyone. Um, it was a really lovely morning. Can you hear me well, actually? Perfectly. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I really enjoyed listening to Jer's poems. I'm a great fan and a friend of Jer. Um, I love reading her poems. I love listening to her poems. So thanks very much for giving her this opportunity. I think she deserves the world with everything she's giving us all and the world. Isn't that lovely? And now we, we go back to, to Barry, if you don't mind. Since we managed, you see, here's the great thing, Barry, right? Um, Shelley obviously tiptoed around and asked you, would you mind being uh, being introduced or popping in? And you obviously declined. But I didn't know anything about that because when we're in when we're in the show, uh, I'm just um, I do my best to stay with the guests. Yeah. So I do apologize for throwing you under the bus, but you handled it very well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So apart from that little bump in the road, did you enjoy the experience? Was it nice? It was lovely to see Jared saying from her viewpoint and even give me some details about her earlier life I'd never even really knew about. That was interesting now. <laughs> we should talk more, Barry. We should talk more, yeah. Donald, 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 our sage in residence. Yeah, I want to say, Jar, an extraordinary relatability. So much of that related and resonated. Uh, when you use the word rambling house at the beginning, uh, you know, I was swept back to, not necessarily to a rambling house itself, but to that world that we both clearly know so well. I, I knew John O'Donoghue. I knew him quite well. And, uh, and I'd be a fan of uh, Seamus O'Rourke as well that you mentioned. Uh, your poem, the, uh, the Home I Left Behind, has more echoes of songs from other centuries of loss and sentimentality and immigration. You, you mentioned that the place names and the countryside evoked poetry in people. And I agree with that, but one, one, in addition to being in the right place, so to speak, one needs a sensibility as well. So one needs the sensibility and the ears to hear. At least that would be my take on it. Uh, you painted a picture with a man and the number of children between nine and two. The best poetry paints pictures. And you mentioned the dogs don't hear or they don't listen. And that they, they see and they operate in pictures, but as you know, they have extraordinary hearing. But that's, that's a story for another day. You used a few words that I haven't heard in decades, like glasha. Sorry, you didn't use the word glasha. You, you, you did use the word glasha, but I think it might have been townland. What I grew up, what I grew up, uh, glasha was a small river or a stream. And it's only in that part of the world that it's used. And Alice Taylor, whom you might have heard of, she wrote a book to school through the fields. And she, kept, she captured that world of rural life and farming life, maybe 20 years before our time. 
or thereabouts. And um, I'm sure the word Busker, Busker means something to you, does it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Broken up turf, although yep. lit literally it means rubbish in, in Asgelga. Mm -hmm. And what else? You reminded me of Patrick Kavna in the sense that you often pointed to seeing the universal in the local. And your, your, your um, uh, uh, newspapers on the, on the floor. I knew exactly where you were going as soon as you mentioned newspapers on the floor, scrubbing the floor, washing and putting down, putting down the, the newspapers to keep it clean in our case, but to dry it as well. And uh, let me see. Uh, yes, your metaphor of stamping on various people on the, on the ground. I remember my sister one time, she got a Valentine card from some guy and he broke off the relationship sometime later. And she literally put the Valentine card on the floor and stamped on it. <laughs> and um, I thought that was, it, it was a great metaphor and it painted a picture. And uh, somewhere along the way, you mentioned about hugging trees. I hug trees, I hug trees regularly. Uh, for many reasons, but but I I found it extraordinarily difficult today to look at what other people were writing. In fact, I didn't at all. I couldn't, and I found it extremely difficult to write anything in the chat. I was so um, so gripped and engrossed and fascinated. The re the relatability was practically a hundred percent. So thank you, Joe. Wow. Oh, Donald, thank you so, so much. I, I'm floating. I'm just floating. Thank you, Donald. I can, that was just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. The understanding and the sharing is just fantastic. For, for anyone that hasn't heard of, um, well, obviously everyone has heard of Seamus Heaney. But he, he, wrote, he wrote a piece when all the others were away at mass. And uh, you're telling us about washing the feet, Jar, reminded me of that. Mm. He had his mother all to himself while she cut potatoes or to, to sow in, on the land. Mm. Ah, isn't it great? A world, I love Seamus Heaney as well. Beautiful poet. A, a world, a world gone, gone, gone by. Mm. Um, Jerry, that was lovely. Uh, Donald, thank you for that. That was just a wonderful way to, to uh, uh, call today's proceedings to a close. Um, but I was, uh, I knew, I knew Donald would get a lot from uh, this morning's conversation. And I sent him a message earlier just to say there's going to be something in this for you. Uh, I didn't realize how much Donald. So that was just great. This is great. And um, as he said, relatability, almost 100%. Mm. High praise. Wow. High praise there. Come here. It's just been a lovely, lovely, lovely morning uh, here in the cafe. Thank you all for being here. Um, I, I have to pay honor to my wonderful friends, uh, that beautiful team that have, uh, gravitated around the coffee at 11 show and made it uh, beautiful in every sense and that is Princess Shelley big heart emoji for producing today's show uh, Eamon Smith hashtag Kerry Guru for keeping us safe and sound and grounding us at the uh, at the top of the show Tim Kelly for acting the pub and uh, everything that goes with that and being consistent about that Tim that's really important Consist consistency in a world gone mad we can always rely on you for an awful Friday joke 
and uh, but we can also always rely on you for your friendship. Katrina O'Brien is not with us today because she's working really hard because she has a, a job to attend to. Uh, but Katrina takes this and turns it into something beautiful for onward onward dissemination to a global audience approaching 20 million people, which is just unbelievable. But as I say, we're not in charge of who's got to hear this. All we're in charge of, and we do, we turn up every week to just have the conversations. We record them, put them out there, let God do what it is he or it universe wants to do with it um but i just want to th thank you all for being here our lovely audience our regulars for always being here uh and making it a very special place and a very safe place and of course for those who've just joined us today for the first time it's been a pleasure having you here glad to that you got to witness your friend uh who did herself and her work justice uh by being here in the coffee Levin show and the final word goes to our special guest and that is jer white jer white namaste Namaste. Thank you all very, very much.